0: Hey all it's Eric Hatch with the Hatching Leaders podcast, and we are bringing some fire on episode number three. Years ago, I took a trip to Haiti, and man, my world was rocked. We're going to talk in depth about that and some of the lessons that I learned. I had a kid named John serve me. Uh, th- this, this orphan served me. It was unbelievable, and I learned that you can serve from any position. <laughs> Such a life-changing thing for me. I also learned the importance of grace and how important it is and imperative it is to give grace no matter what situation you find yourself in. And of course, we, uh, we want to talk about our pyramid, this pyramid of priorities and how we can get our life in order so that we can serve to the highest degree. So buckle up, kids. It's going to be a fun ride. Let's go and do good. Have you ever been to Haiti. It's interesting. uh, Cruises go to Haiti all the time now. They, in fact, used to call it like this hidden or magical island, and they never actually wanted to tell people they were going to Haiti. Haiti, honestly, uh, is fantastically beautiful, but majorly rough. It was 2010. It was January 2010, and I was scrolling through uh, Facebook like usual and, and just seeing what was out there. And a news story caught my eye, different than I had seen before. We hear of death and destruction and all these things all the time on social media. TV, radio, I mean, we're inundated with chaos. So it's pretty easy to be numb to it. But I was watching and uh, wouldn't you know it, this earthquake happened in Haiti. This earthquake for the most poverty-stricken country in the Western Hemisphere happened. And... 230,000 people died. I I live in North Dakota. There's 750,000 people in North Dakota and basically a third of the entire state or the entire two counties that I serve and live in as a realtor, they, they got wiped out and died. That was unfathomable to me. I hit myself immediately with this sense of guilt, responsibility, call to action, confusion, all this. And usually when those things happen, we're left with some inaction we, we, we puff our chest up and we're like, yeah, this is going to be it. And then it's just, it falls to the wayside. Like, have you ever gone to camp? Uh, I, I went to camp all the time as a kid. I was a camp counselor for a couple of years. And when you go to camp, you're with those people and you're like, we're going to be best friends forever. And let's just always stay in touch. And like two weeks later, that feeling is gone and you're, you're done with the camp high. I was on a Haiti high weird, right? You don't hear Haiti highs very often. But I was—I I had this bug inside me that I had to do something. So I shared it. Usually, when we have something on our hearts, we keep it to ourselves. But I was—I was compelled to share it with people. And being a youth minister at the time, I went and told a bunch of my kids. I say kids, but they were juniors and seniors in high school and young adults, and I, they were some of my best friends. In fact, a lot of them still are. I told them of what I was feeling, what I saw, and. and Their empathy uh, matched mine, and we felt compelled to do something. And so in August of 2010, we went down to Haiti. August 2010, Haiti. Eric Hatch, big sweaty dude. Interesting combination. I mean, we set ourselves up immediately for me to have to wring out my clothes around every corner. We got off the plane, and it was as if I got smacked in the face. I got smacked in the face with the heat. With the heaviness of the country, I don't know if you've ever smelt death before, but their rivers and and their streets, it it was overrun with still trying to clean up the chaos from eight months previous. And we were there to serve and to love, and we were going to build a church, and we were going to serve some kids at an orphanage. And and the orphanage we worked at was a place called the Son of God Orphanage in Carrefour, Haiti. It was as if we walked through... uh, this Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory shrinking hallway. It got smaller and smaller and felt like the walls were closing in on us because frankly, they were. The entirety of the village in, in Carrefour, Haiti is that things, just, things were close to demolished and people were still living in shambles. And so as we walk in, all of a sudden we enter into this room where there's 125 orphans and like three workers to care for them. The 15 of us come through this small little entry point and immediately these kids start grabbing onto us, clawing for attention and for love and for affection. And they see us as a chance for them to get out. And we're there to love on them, but we can't get them out. And I can't tell you how guilty that made me feel. And so we're there and we're hanging out and we're we're laughing with kids. And there's this kid named John, beautiful, beautiful Creole boy. And John sits on my lap and we start laughing and having fun. And, you know, I boop him on the nose and we giggle and I tap him on the shoulder. uh, And he turns one way and I'm on the other side and we laugh a lot. And like, we just had this really fun connection. He was my boy, you know. And John and I are hanging out and uh, I am just so sweaty. And so he goes and grabs a paper plate, like that cheap paper plate where you always have to at least double it up, that kind of paper plate. And he comes over and starts fanning me with a paper plate. It's got to be 110 degrees in this room with no air circulation whatsoever. And all his efforts are fleeting at best. Now, in the midst of the chaos, uh, there's also this situation where John sees from across the room uh, one of his uh, fellow orphans who is combing the hair of uh, one of our American uh, Fargoans, Right. And so he runs over, wrestles away this comb. It's, it's those combs that you used to get during school picture day that say unbreakable on them, right? And so he comes and brings over this comb that's been combed through so many people's hair. It uh, just kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. And he starts combing the hair on my head. And if you've never seen me before, my head is filled with not a lot of hair. Uh, I'm gifted with the, the chance to have a receding hairline. And so he combs my hair, although it's totally unnecessary. And I go to him and go, John, 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 John. And I point to my beard and he starts combing my beard. He's laughing, I'm laughing. I say, John, 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 John. And I point to my arm and he starts combing my arm hair. (laughs) And I'm thinking, no way. I'm like, I got to try it. And I go, John, 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 John. And I take my shirt and I pull it down so my chest hair is exposed. And John takes that comb and starts combing my chest hair. (laughs) Oh, what a weird day. And I'm sitting there and we're laughing. I'm still just sweating so much. It's this like over the top sweat. I, I can't, I can't shake it. And so John, after grabbing that paper plate, it didn't work. And then he takes my arm and he brings it up to his face and he blows ever so lightly. And it sends these chills down my body, an instant cooling sensation. I had experienced Haitian air conditioning for the first time in my life. From an eight-year-old orphan named John. I recognized early on in that, in that time in Haiti what service really looks like and what being a servant leader really looks like. John wasn't, I'm sure he was concerned about getting out of the orphanage and trying to have a life uh, outside of those small little walls. And instead he was concerned about me. Despite his circumstances, despite the pain that he was going through, despite, uh, despite being a Haitian orphan with no parents and your town is destroyed and you don't have a chance at life. I mean, if you do, it's a small one. And John's concern was me. John's concern was to play for the person next to him. And that's what made him feel valued. And I'm like, I'm the most selfish person on earth. That's what I felt like in that moment. I'm the most selfish person on earth. See, it's, it's so crazy to think that it took an eight year old Haitian kid to really bring home this idea of serving of what real leadership looks like. Leadership's not title. Leadership's not permission given, Leadership's not because you're the boss. Leadership is because you're serving someone. Leadership isn't top-down, it's bottom-up. Leadership is one of these things that we all have a chance to do, and yet we idly sit by and wait for an invitation. This world belongs to those who don't wait for an invitation. I never told John to cool me off. He just saw I had a need and wanted to care for somebody that he cared for. Now, there's more to the Haiti story, and it's a piece I don't talk about very often because I'm still so confused. It was a couple months later that I'm sitting back in Fargo, and that Camp High had gone. Frankly, I was talking about it. I was still trying to live in it, but I wasn't on fire like I once was. happens to almost all of us, right? And so this Camp High had faded, and I get an email from one of the people that we worked with down in Haiti And the title from the national news publication said, The Son of God Orphanage in Carrefour, Haiti is corrupt. (laughs) As I read through, it tells the story of the owner. And this owner I sat with, and he spoke Creole, I spoke English, and we had a translator there. But we went through our fundraising efforts. We had a couple thousand extra dollars. And I sat with this man, and I prayed with this man, and I handed over... Over $2,000 of not my money, but money that was donated from wonderful people to help support those down in Haiti. And as I handed it over, I said, please go and do good with this. Go and take care of these kids. And through tears, he said, yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. And then that article said that that man was selling kids into the sex trade industry and murdering them and harvesting their organs. And I felt unbelievably conflicted. In fact, I, I frankly, I still do. I felt guilty. Uh, I felt ashamed. I felt dirty. And what's interesting is this, is when something doesn't go our way or when one idiot ruins the the mojo and the feel that we have and one selfish person comes in, there's this tendency for us to abandon what we were so on fire for. And we make the assumption that if we make a donation to a homeless person and five of them really need it and the sixth person uses it to go and get high, that we shouldn't give to any homeless people or we shouldn't support people or if we're going to lead folks and leading is such a selfless thing. And being a servant leader and pouring into people is such a selfless thing. And if if it works out for nine of them, but the 10th person says screw you or takes advantage of you or does something mischievous or wrong or illegal or whatever it is, it is so easy to throw in the towel. And it is so easy to abandon what we know is right in our heart because we know there's idiots and bad people out there in the world and we don't ever want to feed that. Yet the call of a servant leader... And the call of those who are meant to do great good in the world is not to sit idly by and hope that the idiots don't get it so we don't throw anything good out there. And instead, our call is to cast an incredible amount of love out into the world, regardless of those that are going to receive it correctly or not. It's pretty important to have uh, this idea of grace. I. I've really struggled to find grace uh, for the owner of that orphanage. Because frankly, I don't know if John's alive today. I, I, I don't know if he's out there. Uh, I don't know if he was one of them that made it. But I do know that of the 125 kids that were there in August of 2010, a few months later, half of them were gone. And if that doesn't rip your heart out, I don't know what does. Because when you know, everything changes. When you're close to and connected with people, everything changes. Everything changed for me because I know John, because I connected with John, because I cared for John, because John was my Haitian air conditioning. When you have a relationship and you get close, it becomes personal. And this life and this world is far better served when we make things personal rather than keeping them at arm's length. It's our opportunity as as people to do good in this world. It's our opportunity to not keep people at arm's length, but instead to get close and to serve. Serving matters a lot, and we can serve in Haiti, but we also need to be very conscious of who we serve in our own world. I, I, if you're taking notes, I don't know if you're taking notes on a podcast or not, but if you're taking notes or at least want to remember this here, here's what's so important in my world, whether it's work or personal is that we don't get our pyramid screwed up. This pyramid has been a foundation piece for guiding me as a servant leader. And I hope it works for you too. The base of the pyramid, we're going to have four sections. The base of the pyramid are three very simple things. It's God, it's family, and itself. Those are the things that are most important to serve. Those are the things that take the highest of priority and that should push everything else out. My guess is if you're anything like me, this has been a struggle for you. Maybe you're great taking care of your family, but you're not great taking care of yourself, or vice versa. Maybe your faith life is struggling and you're disconnected with our Savior. Or maybe you don't have a relationship at all. And I'd say that if you're missing that, geez, Louise, I would just worry about the foundation of your pyramid. Above that, uh, I I have a buddy in town who's a realtor. And he said to me once, Eric, this is the year I'm finally going to put my clients first. And as he said that, I'm like, dude, that is the worst thing possible is to put your clients first. Because if you have anybody within your care, your team needs to come first. Within your care, I'm not speaking of your clients, but I'm speaking of those that you have the privilege of being in proximity with. Those team members that are aligned with you, that are sacrificing with you, that are growing with you, that are challenging you, and it is your job and privilege and responsibility to help them get better. Iron needs to sharpen iron, and that starts with your team. So the base of the pyramid is God, family, self, followed by your team above that. Next comes your clients. These are the people that we love and these are the people that we serve. But it makes no sense to be great for your clients and not great for your family or your team. It doesn't. If we're going to be servant leaders, it's not about us pursuing great client relationships. It's about us pursuing a great relationship with ourself and our team members. And when you do that, wouldn't you know your clients get to reap all the benefits Finally, at the top of the pyramid comes the word community. I believe that we all have an opportunity to serve and to grow and to connect. And frankly, community community should be a part of all three of those, right? Your God family self, your team, and your clients. If you do it exceptionally well, community is infused into all of those. That's what community is. It's bringing people together. Maybe it's for a common good. I hope it is. But if you can do community exceptionally well, that's where you serve and that's where you give and that's where you you show love. So I don't know if you're called to go into Haiti uh, to go and do good. I don't know if you're called to just take better care of your family. But when you go, go with grace. When you go, go to do good. It's our call. It's our mission. And we are designed to do good in this world. And I hope that's what you feel called to do. When you do so, I think you're going to find more abundance than you ever thought possible. And that's a wrap on episode number three of the Hatching Leaders podcast. If you haven't done so yet, swing over to our website, hatchingleaders.com. And let's find a way to make this servant leadership movement something infectious to spread throughout the world.